Welcome back to our Proactive London studio. I'm joined now by Dimitris Skourtias, who is a physical broker with SCB Group. Dimitris, fantastic to have you here. And before we delve into a few questions, I'm going to ask you to just give a quick overview of SCB Group and what it is that you do there. Thank you for having me, Thomas. So, uh, SCB Group is the largest brokerage in biofuels. We started brokering uh, biodiesel from 20, uh, 2006, where the first trucks were trading in uh, Germany. Uh, obviously, we evolved after that, and in these years of presence, we actually are uh, the biggest in the biodiesel side, uh, on the physical and on the derivatives uh, uh, aspect of the business. We evolved on other desks as well. We are brokering ethanol, uh, battery materials, um, obviously, uh, we are uh, big on veg oils on the derivative side as well. Um, but we act as principal on carbon offset transaction. Uh, we moved on that uh, uh, area as well. Uh, so SCB Group has a global presence in the environmental markets. We have offices in uh, Geneva, the headquarters. Uh, the London offices as well, which I'm working from. Uh, Puerto Rico, Singapore and uh, Chicago. Um, we have a global presence in that market and we are looking to expand in other products as well. Uh, so myself, I've, I've been working in uh, SCB for the past uh, four years now um, on the physical biodiesel desk. Uh, we are focused on linking the buyers and the sellers on the biodiesel side, uh, trying to give transparency into the market on the pricing side, but on the regulations and the specifications of the product. Um, we've been uh, trading quite a lot of volumes in the main hubs, uh, Amsterdam, Rotterdam, uh, Antwerp, but in other markets as well, in Mediterranean, uh, we try to uh, help our clients with international arbitrages from China, uh, as we're going to discuss uh, the different regulations in other countries as well, like specifically in Germany, in France, uh, so we have a global presence in that market, specifically on the biodiesel side. Uh, we are really happy to, to say that uh, we have a very good place in the market. Great stuff. And it is a growing market. Biofuels is a source of, is a subject of a lot of focus at the moment. And it is an extremely complex market, not made any simpler by the emergence of this conflict in Ukraine recently. So what does that mean for the business? Yeah, so the, the war in Ukraine was a, was a peculiar, had a peculiar result in the market. Uh, obviously, the supply shortage of veg oils affected a lot uh, the margins for producers, producers of biodiesel that were producing uh, using rapeseed or sunflower oil. Um, so during the first months of the war, uh, we have seen an increase in prices in every commodity, specifically in the energy commodities, but margins were not that great for the crop-based, let's say, biodiesel producers. Uh, now, and after some years, we, uh, after some months, we have some supply coming on the rapeseed side, uh, and that helps a lot the market. We have seen recently producers coming to the market trying to sell their product in uh, really attractive uh, levels and premiums, uh, sometimes even discounts. And uh, we have seen this market uh, going up in terms of liquidity and volume, uh, specifically in the areas of Germany for the biodiesel side and the ARA, Amsterdam, Rotterdam and uh, Antwerp. Um, I believe uh, the Ukraine war, so when we are discussing about biodiesel, there are 
two specific things that we need to bear in mind in order for us to understand the product and the way it is trading. The one is the specification of the product. Um, and the other one uh, is the regulation spot uh, on the physical biodiesel. And that's why I believe uh, the role of a broker is really important in that market since you need transparency in these two things that are really complex as we discussed already. So uh, the regulations part was affected uh, at some part, let's say, from the Ukrainian war. Uh, the general consensus and the general target for regulations uh, is to abandon the crop-based products and to move towards a waste feedstock future for biodiesel. Uh, the difference between these two, just for you to have an idea and a metric, is uh, the, the crop-based biofuels and biodiesel specifically can save up to 60% of greenhouse gas emissions compared to the fossil fuel equivalent, whereas the waste-based can save up to 90%, for example. So the regulations for each country, its main market in the uh, European Union, are moving towards that. Um, we have seen that in Germany, we have seen that in France as well. So yes, the Ukrainian war had an impact on specific products during the time that we were uh, uh, seeing these developments. But then at the same time, I believe it will have a more long-term impact. It's unbelievably fascinating. Um, and that complexity that we've mentioned is being added to by the fact that the pace of regulatory change in different countries within Europe differs. Exactly. So we've got different things going on in France, different things going on in Germany, and that's something you have to manage as well, isn't it? Uh, exactly. So as a broker, we need to understand the market dynamics because obviously the, the big market players, uh, the obligated parties, as we say, uh, that need to buy uh, biodiesel in order for them to comply with the regulations in each, in each market, the German, the French, the Dutch market, they have systems in all of these uh, countries. So a physical broker needs to have an understanding as to how much the supply and demand is affected by the regulation that we have in its, in the, in its market. So for example, as you mentioned, the German market uh, decreased from 2022 the crop-based biofuels cap on the, on the mix uh, for the end user to comply uh, with uh, this regulation. And then at the same time, you have the French market banning palm and soy POSs, with the main focus being the rapeseed. So we have seen premiums for rapeseed oil biodiesel going from $200 above the standard grade uh, down to 20 and up again. So it's a really volatile market. Um, that's why, uh, I may be repetitive here, but that's why I believe uh, broker's position is to understand this market dynamics, this elasticity, uh, between supply and demand specifically on this kind of uh, uh, aspects of the business in order for him to supply, to, to give the information to the client as needed. Uh, so for the German market specifically, we have seen, except the part that we are moving towards a, a lower cap on the crop base, we have seen the total abandonment of palm as well. Uh, so palm oil as feedstock, which was the first feedstock used uh, because the supply was enough, especially from Asia. Um, it's, it's been abandoned at the moment. Uh, so there are complex uh, markets, specifically on the regulation side, on the sustainability side of the product. But then at the same time, we need to understand that different feedstocks 
yield a different specification for the biodiesel produced. Um, so rapeseed, for example, is the feedstock that we need to use for the winter months and palm, for example, cannot be used for, for these kind of months. Um, the German market is more specific and particular about the specification used for uh, winter and summer. Uh, for French and Spanish market, we have more leniency uh, on the specification. Uh, that's why it is a complex market and regulation sometimes uh, does not, uh, does not, is not compatible with the specification that the end user actually needs. And one of the main outcomes of this incredible complexity and volatility is that it's incredibly disruptive to established patterns of trade, isn't it? So you must see from your vantage point embedded in the market dramatic change in the trade flows. Exactly. So these regulations and the specification requirements of the end user is the main driver of the main trade flows that we see in the arbitrage that uh, the clients are taking advantage at the moment. So as we discussed, yes, for example, palm oil is being banned and has been abandoned in the main markets, the German market, the French market. So we see less and less palm oil or palm oil based methyl ester or biodiesel if you, uh, if you want. Uh, from the main markets, the main producers, Indonesia and Malaysia. Um, these markets, they are still domestically supplying the end user with palm oil based biodiesel. They have a B30 mandate, which means 30% of the volume that uh, you're using in the pump is biodiesel produced from palm oil. But that is more to boost the local economy. Uh, that is uh, a specific example. Another one is, as we discussed a little bit before, the premiums on the rapeseed oil POS for the French market. Um, the different pricing premiums for the different uh, GHG savings of uh, biodiesel in Germany. Uh, Germany has a GHG mandate, which means that uh, different grades of biodiesel save more or less of uh, greenhouse gas emissions into that market. And obviously the premiums for each product is different and it is uh, according to how much uh, greenhouse gas emissions they can, uh, uh, they can save. So we have seen these trade flows uh, not go coming from Indonesia and Malaysia as we said on the palm oil. Uh, we have a lot of wastes products in the previous years uh, coming from China and Asia, uh, specifically to the UK, um, since there is a tax benefit specifically from China uh, for the waste-based products. Uh, at the moment, with freight rates going higher, uh, especially after COVID, it is difficult to find and take advantage of that arbitrage, but that trade flow, I believe, is still there and will continue uh, to happen on the biodiesel market. Um, and then we have other products interconnecting with biodiesel, the, the conventional biodiesel as we knew that up to now. So with technology evolving, we have different products coming like HVO, sustainable aviation fuel. And a trade flow we see really often these days is feedstock, like used cooking oil and other wastes coming from uh, Asia, uh, but to produce this kind of products, uh, hydrogenated vegetable oil and sustainable aviation fuel. Mm -hmm. Understood. It is uh, so interesting. I've just got one final question for you, Dimitris. Of course. We've seen this week that uh, BP have announced that they are going to be rowing back a little bit from some of their green energy commitments because they're struggling to find money in it, basically. Do you think we're going to see something similar with biofuels, or do you still think we're going to keep seeing that market growth which has characterized the market over the last five or ten years? Well, 
investment in a sector is different from uh, actually participating in a, in a renewable market. Uh, biodiesel will still be there. You, uh, the end user and the oil companies cannot get away from it uh, because the regulations, as we said, impose uh, for the, the oil companies to use biodiesel in the mix. So I'm, I'm positive that volumes for biodiesel generally uh, are going to be increasing. Uh, but there are changes and there are innovations that they are going to happen in order to optimize um, performance of the fuel and uh, the, the price, obviously, for the end user. So as we discussed before, HVO and sustainable aviation fuel, for example, um, can be the fuel of the future. So all these feedstocks uh, that we have at the moment used to produce conventional biodiesel um, are going to be uh, are going to be used in HVO more and more, uh, as we can see. And in the future, this is going to happen for sure. And we are talking about investment from an oil company in that. But in the long run, uh, this is going to be of a huge benefit for them in terms of pricing, of course, but in terms of performance of the fuel as well. So uh, I don't believe on the biodiesel side uh, we are going to see a cut. On the contrary, I believe that volumes are going to be increased because all in all, biofuel is the most effective, the less, uh, the less cost uh, intensive uh, alternative to tackle then environmental problems. And then at the same time, regulations are increasing volume. And uh, yeah, I'm sure this fascinating market will continue to evolve and increase in volumes in the, in the coming months and years. Fantastic. Well, Demetrius, I feel like we could talk here all day about this, but we're going to have to leave Indeed. it there. But thank you very much for coming to talk to us at Proactive. Thank you so much, Thomas. Thank you for having me.